Earthbed Muscle is a grassroots supplement company created by some of the best strength coaches in the United States to provide their athletes with wholesome supplements. Earthbed Muscle has changed the supplement industry with their minimal ingredient approach to sports nutrition. Dane's platform is also brought to you by the Acceleration Diet. The Acceleration Diet is a customized weight loss program catered to each individual, their needs, and their schedule. Accelerate your metabolism today with the Acceleration Diet. Finally, Dane's platform is also brought to you by Holistic Encapsulations. Holistic Encapsulations provides organic hemp extract with an incredible 27 to 1 CBD ratio. Loaded with CBDs, hemp extract has been shown to decrease anxiety, have a positive impact on cancer, improve sleep, improve brain function, and decrease inflammation. Head over to HolisticEncapsulations.com today and get on the path to holistic recovery. All right, here we are on another episode of Dane's Platform, and we're here with Dan, the Lime Hack Lennon. Dan, thanks for being on Dane's Platform. Thank you for having me. So I've got a lot of questions here regarding Lyme disease and, and your whole experience with Lyme disease, but first I just want to go over uh, how, how we met and then sort of our coinciding interests. Um, we've never actually met in person. Right. And... Uh, Dan had seen a video that I had put up on YouTube about three years ago, two or three years ago, when I had started a specific Lyme treatment, which is a drug called Mepron, uh, which is a pretty potent conventional drug. Uh, it's an anti-protozoa, and I had posted a video up on YouTube, and Dan had also started this treatment at a, at a similar time frame. And so he had reached out to me, and I think we ended up linking up through Facebook. So we've got this pretty unique relationship, basically all based around Lyme disease. And then we also have a coinciding interest in the fact that we're both New England Patriots fans. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and athletes, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Dan, I, I, you know, following you and and on Facebook and just seeing from an outsider's perspective, um, with with your relationship with Lyme disease and and you know everything that you're going through, and I see you're constantly trying to educate yourself. Um, if you can, you know, introduce us to your your Lyme background, how you figured out you had Lyme, or how doctors figured out, and then you know, where, where it all started and, and what you went through to, to get, to get your health back to a, to a decent point. Yeah. Well, uh, I just want to start by saying, uh, the one thing within like Lyme that kind of blew me away in how we connected is like, there's this huge community of people online sharing their stories, suffering, unfortunately, and just like, sharing information like it's incredible so just the power of the internet is awesome you know and you know i just to be able to connect in this way is like it's awesome so essentially the only reason i got diagnosed is from online um just to be frank with you i uh i graduated college in 2012 from uh, university of rhode island and uh I pretty much had just gotten into the world and started to navigate certain things and I just started having all of these symptoms out of nowhere. I just uh, was really tired all the time. I was having like severe stabbing chest pain, uh, like my feet felt like they were on fire and um, all kinds of stuff. And so, you know, 
eventually, I, obviously, I went to my primary care doctor, and, you know, he said, yeah, we'll run some tests. And then that led to more tests and more follow-ups than I ever could have imagined. And almost three, it took me almost three years to get diagnosed with Lyme. And like I said, it, it wasn't even from, it was just, it was from ruling everything else out. And then finally, actually, I was told I had chronic fatigue syndrome. Like, this is how bad it is. I live an hour from where they discovered this damn bacteria. And they had no idea. Like, I don't mean to ramble here, but, I mean, it just still blows my mind to this day because I actually had to go. I went to New York City and saw a chronic fatigue doctor. And it wasn't until I got a spec scan of my brain that she had ordered to see, you know, her patients, uh, you know, had different, had a certain trend. And she actually said to me, no, your, your brain doesn't have the same trend as the patients that I see. She's like, you're sure you don't have Lyme disease? And that's how much it took. I was just like, no, I was like, you know, because I didn't have a medical background at the time. I was like um, in like marketing, uh, communications, that type of thing. And, uh, you know, someone put a piece of paper in front of me that says you don't have this medical condition I said okay you know I didn't question it and that's the biggest change now that I tell anybody is like you really and that's why you know I'm passionate about what I'm doing now is because you just have to be your your own biggest advocate no matter what you know and I I had no idea you know you don't think to question a doctor or, or things like that but you know your body you know so long story short um, I had been tested for Lyme a couple times and they told me I was negative, but I wasn't really negative. I just wasn't fully positive. And that may not make the most sense to people, but I know you probably understand. Unfortunately, the testing within Lyme is really inaccurate and uh, unreliable. So I kind of fell in this gray area where um, the CDC, you know, there's a two, it's called the two-tier test. And uh, the CDC wants you to fit in a certain box in order to tell you have Lyme. And unfortunately, a lot of us in, this, in the Lyme community didn't really fit that, but still had active infections, so. Yeah, I think, I think that's the biggest thing that everybody needs to be very cognizant of and aware of is the fact that I, you know, if, I'll, I'll share my story here quick, is that I had been having severe headaches and I was this guy who had never had a headache in my entire life and I'm not you know, even when I was hung over from a heavy night of drinking I wouldn't get headaches I would get stomach pain but I wouldn't get headaches yeah so one day I'm, I'm talking to my wife and I said I think something's wrong with me I, I feel like I have a vice over my head and she's like well that's called a headache I'm like well I never had a headache before and so I ended up I, I had the flu and then I'm coughing like like crazy and I ended up going in to get blood work done and and this was a, with a naturopath and he he goes well, your white blood cells my white blood cells were so high he thought I either had lupus or leukemia wow. and he and my testosterone I checked when we got my testosterone checked it was 224 which is horribly low and he thought you know maybe like I had an autoimmune or I had cancer and that was leading to my my low testosterone levels which was then leading me to have panic attacks and anxiety attacks and all this stuff but yeah he ended up he did test me for Lyme and I was fortunate enough because of, of being with him 
in in Pennsylvania, and, and Pennsylvania is a hotbed for Lyme as well as where you're at in New England, is that he did say to me, look, I'm testing you for Lyme, and it came back negative, but that means absolutely nothing. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I learned right away was that it, it means nothing. Like the tests are so bad that you've got to pay out of pocket to actually get a decent test. And, and he had informed me of this right away. And that was wow. one of the things that struck me as, as odd. And I, you know, I was fortunate that I'm, I'm like a contrarian from, from the get go, you know, like I, I've, been a contrarian my entire life and I think the fact that I I was raised that way helped me look into it a little bit more and helped me take responsibility for my own health and that's what I think ends up happening with Lyme is that you have to take responsibility for your own health because of various reasons you know the established medical community has poor testing it has poor research on what it is it has poor research on the symptoms it has poor research on all fronts that you could possibly think about. And I think, you know, to, to go to the tests, you know, I had, I had initially gotten diagnosed with, with the test where I, I had come up positive with the Igenix test. And that's where, right. um, when I finally, I ended up going to a second doctor that was a Lyme specialist. He gave me the Igenix test and it was like 10 bands that they that they tested for and then they have these stars. It's like three or four stars and if you have three or four then you test positive. Right. And I had like six strains of bacteria that were all at full at four bands or four stars and then I had I tested positive for parvo which is like kennel cough almost for dogs. Yeah. Uh Rocky Mountain spotted fever and coxella bernetti which is a q fever which was causing my insane headaches so wow it's just you know and and, and that's that's where i want to ask you is like what what test did you or, or did you ever have a test that actually came back negative because or or positive eventually like did you ever have something that did come back and say hey yeah. you do indeed have lyme because yep. that's another thing that i'm dealing with is that i have at my gym i have a lot of clients and i'll say dude i think you've got lyme disease and they'll just stop after one negative test. I'm like, no, you can't stop there. You've got to keep looking because there's so many bad tests that aren't giving you positive or good feedback that you need to dig a little bit deeper on the subject. Uh, believe me. I mean, uh, be honest with you, even people in my family, even though they've seen what I've gone through, I mean, I get calls, you know, almost every day now. Um, and I try and explain to people, you know, the disparity. Um, yeah, let me start with mine. So, like I said, I had to go, you know, I saw probably like 20 doctors, had to go to New York, I got misdiagnosed, all that stuff. But really, when it, things started to change for me was I saw a Lyme specialist, and they tested me for Babesia, which I don't know, a lot of people probably don't know what that is. It's like malaria that these ticks also carry. It's a malaria-like organism. And, uh, yeah, like you, I, I unfortunately and a lot of people don't understand this either. Not only do ticks carry Lyme disease, but they carry all these other diseases like Dane just mentioned, and they're called co-infections. So I had Lyme disease, Babesiosis, and Bartonella. Those are the three that I picked up from essentially one tick bite. And this is the other thing, quickly, is I never saw a rash, I, nothing, you know? And that's the other uh, myth out there is that, oh, you see the bullseye rash and this and that. and 
you know, so it, really it's only like 20, 30% from the professionals that I, you know, I'm side by side with all the time. They, they say they rarely see it, um, or sometimes they'll see it and it's, you know, doesn't look, you know, it's not circular, you know, it's the manifestation in, in people's bodies are so different is my point, you know? So you have bad, you have bad diagnostics and it's also technically by the CDC, a, um, clinical diagnosis, meaning it's based on your symptoms and based on if you're show, you know, if you do have that rash. So it's just, it's really kind of a perfect storm. But, um, long story short with my testing is they tested me for Babesia. And this is the thing too, is that I'll tell people get tested for co-infections. Unfortunately, if you do a lot of, like you just said, if you do a lot of these tests through a mainstream lab, like Quest Labs, or I don't know what you guys have down there, but um, they're not sensitive enough. So I had actually gotten tested for uh, Babesia like once or twice before, and it came up negative, but it wasn't until they did what they call a smear, which is what they put your blood under a microscope and look directly into your blood, and they told me... I had active parasitemia, you know, and um, actually, so I, just quickly, I, the guy who diagnosed me was actually, an, he's an amazing PA out of New Haven, Connecticut. I drove an hour and a half to get diagnosed, which is insane, but people go to greater lengths. Anyways, it's like, Lyme is almost like, treating Lyme is, and it's starting to change, but it's almost like prohibition, like it, as nuts as that sounds. Like the guy that I saw was at a walk-in clinic that didn't advertise, that said nothing about Lyme, nothing, you know? And then as soon as you got in there, he was like, knew everything. And he was like fully integrative, all this stuff, and knew exactly what tests to run. And luckily he took insurance because that's the other thing. I mean, it's just so crazy that the doctors who can help you the most in Lyme are usually out of pocket. The testing's out of pocket. A lot of times the insurance company will give you trouble paying for the medication. So it's like, it's a, I mean, you know, I don't know if it's politically correct, but it's like a rich man's disease, you know? And it's like, you know, a lot of people don't have the money. I know it's been a struggle for me too, you know? So now, since I, I was diagnosed in 2015, you know? So now it's almost going on three years. And, you know, easily, I've easily spent, 30, 40 grand all day, you know, on out-of-pocket meds, supplements, um, appointments, you know, it's just crazy, you know, for something so common, you'd never think, but just to circle back to what you were saying, as far as like, um, trying to advise people, the options are limited. Like I, even around here, like I, I've been counseling a woman with a son that's in seventh grade and he was sick from like, June to August, he was like losing weight like crazy and like having all these symptoms and they, they had nothing, you know, and, but he had indicators, you know, of certain inflammation, kind of like what you're talking about, but the test came up negative. But it, like I said, it's a clinical diagnosis, you know, and it's like almost you have to go around like, okay, so you have Lyme disease in the middle, then you ha kind of have to use like all these other indicators in order to say, oh, maybe it is, you know. So like if I didn't have that positive Babesia test, I probably would have, it's still, you know, who knows if I, you know, people go undiagnosed for 10, 20 years, unfortunately, but because I found that, then they were able to do, you know, specific panels. And then I said, oh, wow, this is, you know, this is elevated. This is elevated. Oh, you have 
my Bartonella titers were off the charts, you know, and that was explaining some of the stuff that I was dealing with with my feet, you know, and part of what I think really connected uh, the two of us is like here I, you know, here I see a, you know, a big jack guy, you know, doing his thing, running a business and all these things, but really, you know, is like suffering and treating something that people don't really understand, you know, and that's kind of what I you know, was going through at the same time, you know, it's like you're trying to keep, and that's how it went on for so long and how I went misdiagnosed is like, you're trying to keep up a job, you're trying to keep relationships, you know, friendships and things like that. And then you're just like, oh, that's weird. That's, you know, and you start not acting or, you know, being like yourself, but it's really, you're sick, you know, and then, you know, something that people don't understand because when they look at you, you know, I still deal with that every single day, you know, because I, I deal with a lot of chronic pain still, you know, and I'll talk more about that. But, uh, when you look at, you know, like I would never look at and be like, wow, look at Dane. He looks like, you know, he's sick, you know, he looks like shit. No, you know, you look fine, you know, and that's the tough thing within all these people suffering because, you know, in a lot of some of these diseases, you could see it, you know, but with you, with me, you can't. So, well, that's what, what's funny is that when I had taken, man, there's so much shit that's running through my head. When I had taken that first test and I, my my you know the naturopath doctor who is an MD uh, actually he's a DO he uh, he had sent me with the test to a local family practitioner and he said go in show them the test and tell them you need an X-ray to see if you have leukemia wow. and you need to get the X-ray now okay so this this was such a crazy day because it was this. I was being inducted into my high school hall of fame for, for athletics. And wow. I got this call while I had just spoken to a class and I had to go speak to another class. And in between I saw you know, my doctor called, so I called him back and he's telling me you might be dying of leukemia or lupus or whatever. So I go speak to another class and I'm, you know, my son was about a year and a half, two years old. And I ended up, leaving early i had i had to give a speech in front of everybody else who was getting inducted and i cried the entire time i couldn't even talk because i just dude i thought my life was over and i'm standing up there in front of like a hundred people and i thank them for you know inducting me into this hall of fame and then i just started to cry and i i couldn't hold my shit together because i all i thought about was the fact that i wasn't going to see lincoln grow up yeah and because you know, I was completely lost, I had I was helpless, and that's the thing is that yep. everybody feels so helpless with Lyme, and there's there's no way to there's there's so many doctors that just have no clue. So anyway, I, I go yeah. to this this family practitioner, I show him my my test, and he, first he tells me my my testosterone wasn't that low. Which afterwards I'm looking it up online, and I'm like, dude, this guy's an idiot if he thinks that's not low. But then he did he ended up telling me that he thinks I just have uh, anxiety and depression and that he could treat me for that. And I'm sitting there like, so how many people have Lyme and are just treated for anxiety or depression? And, and, I, and I've gone over this before with people. People say, oh, you know, I can't believe this guy killed himself. And I'm sitting there going, I can. Dude, if I felt like the way I felt for a year, I felt like that for over a year. If right. I felt like that for 10 years, I'd blow my head off. I have no, like, like and people think I'm insane for saying that, but they don't, they've never felt what I've felt or what you've felt. And that's the thing is like, right. there's so many things going on and it's just slowly pecking away at your body and it's slowly, 
um, inhibiting your immune system from functioning properly and it just adds up and it adds up and it, and it, it turns into the snowball effect. And that's where it's like, you know, I, I just think it, it's such a helpless disease where you do have to do a ton of your own research to try and get healthy. And so I guess that's, that's like the next thing I wanted to ask you, Dan, is how, you know, did you just find the doctors that, that helped you through internet-based research or did you talk to somebody, you know, how did you, how did you go about doing that? Yeah. So just to add on to what you just said, I think I, the one thing I advise anybody is if say, and you know, like from my case, you know, I can only really speak to my case. I was like a marathon runner, triathlete, all this stuff, right? And then all of a sudden I couldn't get out of bed and, you know, I was having crazy joint pain and brain fog and all this stuff. I mean, I so often, like you just said, people will be told, oh, well, you know, you're just depressed now. I was told that same thing, you know, and all that stuff. But there's so much, there's infectious agents that are causing a lot of this stuff. And that's what really upsets me about modern medicine, you know, mainstream medicine is the symptom treating, you know. Sorry, I just didn't want to go past that because I think there's, there's so, so much of just, you know, like any drug you see advertised during a football game, don't take that shit, you know. Like, you know, and I'm sorry to be like that, but it's true, you know. It's like there's so much you follow the money, you know what I mean? And it's like, unfortunately, you know, simple. there's not a lot of money in simple antibiotics, you know. Antibiotics are very cheap, but... Like, there was a study that came out recently that MS patients were responding better to minocycline than there was these, you know, huge, you know, immune-modulating drugs, you know? Right, and it's like, gee, I wonder what that is, if they're responding better to aminocycline, you know? It's like, and and I I do want to point this out quickly, is that one benefit that, I mean, uh, outside of a, a ton of other benefits of being an athlete, is that that's actually the first, when I first knew something was wrong with me is that I was training every morning. I would train at five 30 in the morning yep. and all of a sudden at five 30 in the morning, I'm going into squat and they said I had been doing this for about three months. So I had like a, a good, you know, good baseline of my strength. And all of a sudden it was like my strength just plummeted and I would feel like crap and I'm sitting there like something's going on. So I backed off my training and then I, I brought it back up, um, in, at that 5:30 a.m. slot and it was like I couldn't I couldn't do anything physically and that's when I that's the other benefit of being an athlete is that you can sit there and be like you know your body so well and you know how it's responding and you know I was 26 27 years old I wasn't getting old and it's like right. dude something's up here like something's going on that I'm not improving my strength and if I wasn't into you know athletics and into you know health general health like I would have been screwed completely screwed Right, right, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You have to listen to your body, and that was why, to be honest with you, and this is the other thing that I tell a lot of people, um, I try and be as open as possible. I I talked to a counselor for over a year when I was misdiagnosed because, like you said, you can be completely hopeless. Um, You know, it's so incredibly isolating. Uh, Yeah, you can go online, you know, which is incredible, you know, but it's also it can muddy the waters a ton if you don't know and you go on WebMD or whatever and you're like, do I have this? Do you have that? So it's almost like anxiety inducing. But um, having someone to talk to like that is huge, you know, because actually 
the one thing that we didn't see eye to eye on, and you know, I, I still love the guy that I that I talked to for a while, is he begged me to take antidepressants and, and different meds, you know, for the right reason, you know, but I told him no because uh, and just that was just my personal choice. I don't, you know, anybody out there that is on anything or is taking anything, you know, obviously more power to you, anything that helps. But for me, like you're saying about knowing your body, I knew there was something physically wrong with me. And I felt like if I took something, then it would have altered, you know, what my body's response, you know, like my body's telling me, hey, there's something going on here. This isn't okay. You know what I mean? And that sounds very old school. I do take, you know, I'll take an aspirin or whatever, you know what I mean? But like, I'm talking every day for years, stuff is going on, you know, and it's like, how do you know, you know, it's hard to distinguish, you know, when you're symptom treating what, what is what, you know, that's so that's sort of where I want to ask you, Dan, like what, what have you taken? You know, what, what medicine have you taken and, and how long have you taken? And, and, and I guess I would ask you to include everything from, you know, conventional medicine and all the way to holistic or alternative medicine or, or even herbal remedies and stuff. What have you, you know, what have you done and what have you seen that has helped you and, 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 you know, the, just the whole gamut of, of, um, treatment, like what have you gone through? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, uh, I got diagnosed in 2015. Um, and w- once I found Babesia, I started treating that immediately, which like I said, that's how we, like you were saying in the intro, that's how we first connected, uh, taking this nasty drug called Mepron. Um, it's it's tough because um, unfortunately, not to get on another rant, but just quickly, is the other problem with Lyme disease and co-infections is a lot of these back you know bacterias and, and different things are resistant to these treatments. So before I start you know saying every drug I've taken, I'll say that number one, I'm still in treatment. Uh, number two is it takes a while, you know, and you know that was one thing that was a huge blow to me. I remember I saw a Lyme doctor that. Um, wasn't my doctor, but I kind of went for a consult and he told me like, essentially, look, you're going to be dealing with this like the rest of your life. Like this is going to be really slow and stuff like that. I think that's bullshit. You know, I think people all respond differently. And I know when I treated my Babesia initially, I I used, uh, Mepron and Zithro, uh, was the combo. And then I also use artemisinin, which is like a very powerful Chinese herb and, uh, cryptolepsis. And when I really treated my Babesia aggressively, all of a sudden the stabbing chest pain that I was having and all that was gone, you know. Meanwhile, I'm a long distance runner. So like my resting heart rate is like 40, like literally. And, you know, I, I would, sometimes would just, I was like, oh, it would stop me dead in my tracks. And I'm like, I'd go to the cardiologist, everything was fine, you know. So it's like, I knew it was like a direct correlation and once I treated that, boom, you know, it, it was totally different. And Lyme was a little slower, you know, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, I was on, I rotated different oral medications, um, tetracyclines, you know, Biaxin, Bactrim, all, you know, it's hard to even, you know, list them all, unfortunately. And that's the thing. I, uh, I was... You know, I worked within the media, so I um, was fortunate enough to a friend of mine bumped into me, you know, as I was like a year or two into treatment 
And uh, he's like, hey, where you been? You know, because I was, you know, really active in the uh, media community up here. And I was like, oh, not good, man, to be honest with you, because I just like to shoot straight from the hip, you know. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And he's like, really? What's up? You know, and I went on this local TV show and they could not believe the amount of medic like medication bottles that I had, you know, when I gave the interview, you know, and people don't realize like how one little tick, like it sounds as cliche as can be, but a tiny little tick can lead to years of dealing with this stuff and taking meds and all that stuff, which is crazy, you know, so that's why I try and tell people put on something, you know, when you go out, I'm not even the best with the prevention. I know we've talked about it, you know, whether you put on chemicals or you put on, you know, essential oils or whatever, but like even just doing tick checks and stuff, because now long story short is it's like two and a half years later. Um, I'm still on antibiotics. Um, I actually went off for almost a year. Um, but unfortunately, my symptoms all came back, like my Lyme symptoms, which my Lyme symptoms are like joint pain, fatigue, mostly joint pain and fatigue, you know, but I'm talking about like unrelenting, like, you know, zero energy, like can barely move type of fatigue. And it it's better on antibiotics, you know, so I don't know, you know, what my future is going to hold as far as, you know, because there's a, for those that don't know, there's a huge debate as far as, you know, long-term antibiotics so just quickly the cdc and how they train doctors is they don't give antibiotics usually for more than like a month you know and this is where the huge disparity is you know because there's a divide in the medical community within lyme and um it's it's such a funny thing we could talk literally this whole episode about that and i won't but um it's just crazy to me that in high school i had acne Right. And uh, I went to my doctor, you know, you know, you want to ask a girl on a date or whatever. And you got pimples all over your face. And I said, you know, what's up with this? And I didn't know even as little as I knew in college, I knew even less in high school. He said, oh, just take this. I didn't even know what it was at the time. But I put it together after that. I was on tetracycline for like two years in high school for Which is crazy to me because I, I get like I'm an immature, you know, you're an immature kid and things like that. But like, dude, change your diet. You know what I mean? Like clean up your diet, like wash your face. You know what I mean? Drink more water. Like that's the advice they should be giving. But anyways, point with that is they'll, they have no problem handing you out tetracycline for as long as you want it or doxy like you're saying. But then when I went back to my primary care, this is before I finally got the diagnosis, when I was starting to Google stuff, I asked him, I said, Please, you know, I think I have Lyme disease. Could we just try some doxycycline or whatever? And he wouldn't do it. And, and it, yeah, and it's nuts, you know, because like literally every day people tell me these stories about how Lyme you know, broke up their family, like their marriages, they'll lose their house paying for treatment. They'll like, you know, everything. Like I, like, I'll be honest with you too. I went through a real hard time, you know what I mean? Like as far, you know, relationships, career, all that stuff. And I've kind of been like reinvented myself also because, uh, it's just something that Lyme has completely changed my life, you know? And, uh, but I'm trying to use it in a positive way. You know what I mean? Dan, what do you think, Okay, so when I, you know, I never had, um, 
that bullseye rash that we talked about. Actually, I never had it until about three weeks ago. I pulled a tick off my freaking scrotum, and I got it, and then I had to go to the doctor and get doxycycline, um, yeah. which pisses me off. So I had been off antibiotics for about three years. Um, but enough talk about my scrotum. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, dude, you guys have it bad in Pennsylvania. It's, it's, the it, yeah. it's, so, it's so freaking bad, and especially th – and this is the most frustrating part for me is like – you know, I'd essentially gone bankrupt for my first doctor. My first doctor was, if you look him up online, there's like a lot of really raving reviews about him. And then there's a lot of like quack reviews. And he is obnoxious. Um, but he did save my life. But I went bankrupt. Like, dude, I was, I was paying, I was paying 1300 bucks every two weeks. Like I legitimately lost my entire life savings and it set my wife and I back financially probably 10 years. Like, we That's lost crazy. everything. Um, but one thing that I find very interesting is that I have pictures of my quads in the summertime. And my quads would get zits. And it would be on my quads and on my butt. And my zits formed a perfect freaking bullseye. And what... And and I had showed this to him, and he was like, "That's that's a rash. That's a that's like a a development of the disease." And a doctor should have seen that from day one. They should have noticed that if they would have done it, the proper like uh, body check of me. Right. But one thing he had said is he he felt that on top of just kids eating complete garbage and, and having inflammation and, and the acne is an inflammatory response to their diet. Like that's what it is. If people would actually understand, um, you know, biology and, and how your body works, acne is a biological response. It's a, it's an inflammatory response to what you're consuming. Right. Um, but he would also argue that that acne could have and possibly was, you know, your body, your body trying to rid itself of of bacteria and and of Lyme, and that's where it's like you know was that a early sign of that of of you potentially having you know showing symptoms being like look this my bad acne is actually caused by Lyme disease possibly yeah so I, I mean that's a good point it, it's funny you know it's tough because people all like say you know. Not to speak for the Lyme community, but most of us, you know, a lot of people, especially undiagnosed, like for me, if you if you had asked me before this question and said, so when do you think you got bit? You know, I would say March of 2013, you know, because that's when my symptoms really hit. But it's like Lyme can be dormant, you know what I mean? And it's like when I grew up, I was like playing in leaves and, you know, I come from like, you know, a great, you know, town and great parents and all that stuff. But we, I don't remember one thing about tick prevention. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's definitely possible that I, I got bit years earlier. You know what I mean? And then something else. And that's, I hear that all the time. You know what I mean? So, it, you know, it's, it's tough to say. But, uh, yeah, who knows? You know what I mean? The tetracycline, I've heard that, that too. You know what I mean? People will be on something and then say, oh, you know, I want to stop it. And then all of a sudden you know, they can't function anymore and they didn't even have a positive test. And I'm like, Oh, this is weird, you know, but, uh, yeah. It's... So if, if we would go over, and this is one thing where, uh, like having the brief discussions we've had through Facebook messenger, um, and then just seeing you and what you're posting online on Facebook, um, 
Dude, I feel like you should start a website like the Lime Hack Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I think you'd you'd have a lot to offer. Especially, I was even just I'm sitting here going, dude, you should have like a lime a lime freaking podcast. But if if I would sit here, I I think that there's like there's like two two or three camps to lime treatment. There's like the conventional hammer it. Well, there's the conventional like idiocy of like lime treatment here's here's um doxycycline for 30 days and you'll be fine right but then there's also the conventional so the the doctor i used the second doctor i used was like okay you're going to be on antibiotics for two years we cycled mepron five freaking times um i was getting rosefin shots but he was also giving me magnesium shots um b12 shots um, zithromycin along with the doxy, um, trying to think what else I've been on, but, but then there's the, you know, then there's that far camp of also like, you can conquer this all with rifing or the Buner protocol or all herbal remedies. And that's sort of where I think there's so much information too. And that's the downfall is with the Lyme community is that, and dude, the other thing is, I think a lot of people with Lyme disease, I think they're freaking pussies. Like, I think a lot of them are like, they 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 get a sniffle and they think they're gonna die. Like, I know that sounds terrible, but I I've been around guys where I'm like, dude, like, you have Lyme disease. I understand this, but you also have to realize, like, you're not like there there's there's so um, uh, like every little thing eats at them, and I think that that and I, and I understand that because I was like that when I first got diagnosed. But I think that that's something too where you, where Lyme people need to push themselves a little bit but anyway yeah i mean i'll I'll speak to that quick is uh you know the one thing that i try and dispel too is like especially people you know people with lime and things of that nature would be like everything is lime also you know like you're saying you get a cold or you know not to be insensitive at all but i mean you still have normal things going on in your body and, and different things that you know but it's unfortunate that the the trauma that these people go through and like, you know, this terrible journey makes people like essentially hypochondriacs, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's yeah, for sure. 100%. And that's a much more sensitive way to put it than the way I put it. No, no. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's not easy, you know what I mean? And I think that, you know, to be honest with you, when I first got diagnosed, like you said, I literally studied, did research. I couldn't even really read at the time because I, I literally couldn't focus and I, I podcast and that's why it's funny it's like coming full circle now is like i typed in lyme disease on youtube that, that is how i found you and i typed in lyme disease on uh the podcast app and there wasn't that much on there at that time like two years ago now it's becoming more but um I just started learning that way because like you want to do every single thing in your power to get healthy you know what i mean and just quickly i think um a friend of mine his name is jesse rubin from new york he was talking about something. He's a musician, and he was talking about this in his performance um, I, I saw a couple of weeks ago. He was essentially saying, like, when you're sick, uh, you kind of have, like, this north star of trying to get healthy. You know what I mean? And you're just like, uh, you know, if I could only get healthy, if I could only get healthy, you know what I mean? Then all my problems would go away, and everything would be all right, you know? And I feel like we kind of have that, you know? When you're chronically ill, you have that because every day – something's beating you over the head saying, you know, you're sick, you know, you don't feel well or whatever. 
But I just, you know, unfortunately, that's not the case. You know what I mean? Even if you got fully well right this second, had no symptoms, you're still going to deal with, you know, finances. You're still going to have issues, you know, your kids. You're still going to have all these stresses. You know what I mean? So I just try and, like, fight it in spite of it. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah, I have Lyme, but you know what I mean? I'm just not going to stop me from doing my advocacy work. It's not going to stop me from going to lift. It's not going to stop me from learning how to surf or whatever. You know what I mean? That's how I've tried to approach it. Yeah, no, that's that's like really a really good way to put everything and to keep everything in perspective. And I think that that's, that's like the one thing I struggled with the most in the beginning is that, you know, I, I would read all the stuff on the conventional medicine that I was doing, which was high dose antibiotics, Mepron and all that stuff. And then, then I would read like, Oh my God, the antibiotics are going to kill me. And how am I going to deal with my, with health, with healthier and improving my gut flora? And I, it, I did gain a decent amount of weight with antibiotics, which is, Calm. you know, normal within reason, you know, 10 or 15 pounds, you might gain it if you're on it for a year because it can have a negative impact on your gut flora. Totally. So what I struggled with the most was, do I continue with this really, really aggressive conventional method with conventional medicine, which I do believe is very effective, or do I, you know, listen to the the uh, the naturopaths or the herbalists and and go hardcore into that realm? And it, and it was sort of like I I dabbled with a little bit of both and. I think after about two and a half to three years, I, 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 and now, I mean, now I'm sitting around four years out from diagnosis and I feel like I have a, a, a decent balance, um, of, of all these things. And, and at the same time, I still sit there and I still think about like, man, if I could only be a little bit healthier, man, if I didn't have these floater things in my eyes, I'd have a little bit better balance or if, if, you know, if I, if I had all these things and you sit there and I guess that that's where I'm at now with, with what I wanted to ask you is like, what do you find on a regular basis that helps you manage the, the disease and the infections the best? Like what are some simple things that you do that are really productive and really have a positive impact on, on your quality? Yeah. I mean, I, I still have that same thinking, don't get me wrong, but I just try and, you know, like I said, put it in a different lens, but as far as, um, what has helped me and what I continue to try and do. Um, one thing, I mean, it's, you know, it's pretty typical for some of these answers for the Lyme community, sweating, you know what I mean? And I'm not talking like, you know, just going for a workout, like sauna all day, the portable saunas, no, throw those in the trash. You know what I mean? I'm just telling you me personally, it doesn't get hot enough. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, just to be frank with you, I mean, it's it's survival, man. I'm not ashamed. Like, so there's a, actually a hotel near me that is right down the road, and it's unlocked. I'll just go in there. You know what I mean? Because like, it's hard. It's hard to get access to a lot of these tools. That's the other problem. You know what I mean? So it's like, how do you you know do all these things? You know what I mean? But number one, a sauna. Number two, what's gotten me out of a ton of just unbearable pain, acupuncture. I tell anybody, you know what I mean? I don't know if, you know, certain rural areas, you know, but I also live in a pretty rural area. Um, but there's something called community acupuncture where it's like literally 15 bucks. You can go yeah, and get yeah, yeah. acupuncture. It's like a co-op almost. Right, because the thing with acupuncture is you can't just go once, you know what I mean? And what they explained to me was like, 
you have to go like two and three times to really have a response, you know? So like I'd go like Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like literally three days a week, but you're say you're only paying 30, 45 bucks. I mean, that's really affordable, you know? Whereas if you go out and paid 90 bucks, you know, it's, it's a lot, you know, it adds up. Um, so that has been a huge thing. I'll be honest with you. Like I said, I just try and do like low cost, something I can do all the time. I'm a, I, uh, I'm a planet fitness, uh, member, which is like, you know, somewhat embarrassing to say, but, um, I'll tell you that black card, you know, cause they're everywhere too. So I'm trying to give some tools that other people can use. That black card is only 20 bucks a month. I think that's like universal price. And they have like, number one, I don't know if you have this and I know you've talked a lot about, you know, you talk a lot about mobility and stretching in these other podcasts that it's like a cage. I don't know what it, what it's actually called, but like, there's like, you know, it's, it's almost like a dome like thing. You know what I'm talking about? The stretch. It's like, you can put your leg up, your arm up and and like do all, it's like, I don't know. It's like a device where it like helps you really get into deep stretching. I stretch. Yeah. I, I can send you it after. I stretch every day, like deep stretching, all kind, you know, static and non. And um, also, besides like, you know, lifting weights and things like that, they have, they call a hydro bed, which you probably know, you know, college athletics, I'm sure has all kinds of stuff. It's like pressurized water where you lay down and it literally gives you like a pretty deep, like decent massage. I, I do that every day, like literally every day. And then they, they also have like massage beds where it's like, you know, like in the mall where you'll go and like sit down and like, yeah, it's like that. You know what I mean? Which it doesn't sound gl- like glorious or anything like that, but I just try and stay limber as much as I can because like, like I said, one of my biggest symptoms is like I feel stiff and I don't feel like, you know what I mean, myself in that way. And the last thing I'll say is yoga, man. Like I, I try and I, I don't preach it. I don't preach it anymore because I used to preach it to all my boys and, and be like, you got it, man. You don't know what you're missing. You know what I mean? Like I, I grew up playing varsity basketball and stuff like that. And I didn't play in college. I, I ended up running and stuff instead. But uh, I have some friends that are like yamming it, throwing it down like serious athletes. I'm like, dude, can you imagine what you'd be able to do if you were limber? Like if you actually put in the time to like stretch out and like really, you know what I mean? And it's, you know, it's, it's a tool that I feel like a lot of men specifically kind of poo poo and just people in general don't really realize like the mental aspects. Like I know people that like got into yoga, like a friend of mine I'm thinking about, he was like, you know, he was as big as you, you know what I mean? Like in your heaviest stage probably. Now he, he found the mat and his life is completely different. Like mentally, he's a different dude. Like physically, he's a different guy. His relationships are better. And it's like, I'm not saying, you know, I'm, this isn't an ad for yoga, but it's like finding the things that work for you. You know what I mean? Like that, uh, I don't know if you saw, like Tommy Hilfiger's daughter came out and was really open about, she has been struggling for the last, like, I don't know, I think she, for like a decade, she was sick from Lyme. And the one thing that I took from her was, uh, she talked about a toolbox, you know what I mean? It's kind of like what we're talking about now. It's like you find like all these little things that help you that kind of add to the bigger picture, you know what I mean? And diet is a huge one, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're talking about alternative treatments. I mean, yeah, alternative treatments, you know, there's a ton of them out there and all that stuff, but like there's so much that you could do like within your set, like diet. Okay, so we could even talk about diet. Like I'm paleo now, like I'm completely, uh, you know, no wheat and, and grains and all that type of stuff. It's just like a meat and veggie kind of thing. 
and uh that is huge you know no no uh added sugar you know what i mean because lime feeds on sugar you know i don't know are you like what has changed lifestyle wise for you since for me yeah oh man (laughs) a lot right yeah like i mean what what you were just pointing out with that toolbox it made me just think about if you can think of lime as a toolbox and there's all these little tools that it's using to fuck you up. And if you can sit there and take that exact same principle that Lime is taking and use the exact same method and say, okay, I'm going to do meditation to make my, my mental health a little bit stronger. I'm going to do, you know, so I, I've been really learning a lot about the Wim Hof breathing method. Yeah. And I've been applying it to my life. That's I've awesome. been taking cold showers for quite a while. I haven't had a warm shower in I, I don't a very long time, and I think that that has helped me mentally. Um, uh, you haven't I, taken a warm? I have not taken a hot shower. No, not in a while. Only wow. because of this this breathing um, this breathing protocol that I've been using, and I think it really helps me feel really, really freaking good. Um, but dude, saunas contrasted with uh, like sauna treatment contrasted with cold showers is, I think, absolutely incredible. Um, again, going with what you said with the diet, um, if if people could sit there and say, okay, I'm gonna remove an- any anti or any inflammatory food. So, I don't think that grains are necessarily bad if you can find like heritage strain grains where the gluten chain is significantly shorter than the modern gluten chain but you've got to understand right. the biology of the plants and where you're getting that that source from and i totally. you know i make sourdough bread so i think that that helps with the with the the gluten as well yeah. um i only consume dairy that's raw because i i feel like if i'm having pasteurized dairy or, or processed dairy i get really i just feel like shit from it but if i have raw milk i feel perfectly fine exactly um yep you know, I, I, I look at my my supplement list, and, and fortunately, you know, one of our sponsors of this podcast is Holistic Encapsulations, and they make um, CBD oil, and I use, it's a hemp extract CBD oil, and I think that that, ha- that helps my, my elbow joint problem that I have from a partially torn bicep from shot putting. Yep. That helps me a lot, um, but, but mainly, you know the lifting and doing mobility work and doing uh, the breathing and doing meditation and using yoga saunas um, and on top of that, dude, my my supplement list is just unheard of. But also on 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 all that, dude, I smoke marijuana every single night, and um, I'm I've never actually said that publicly. Um, a lot of people know that, but. I, yeah, I, I have my car. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's funny, like, I don't know, within Lime, not to cut you off just quickly, is like, you really, it's like you put yourself out there, like totally vulnerability as far as like sharing what helps you, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I have my medical card. It actually just lapsed, so I haven't um, re-upped it. But uh, at night, I mean, I it helps so many people. Yeah, and that's that's the thing with me is that if I, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. and I might not go, a bit, go to bed until 10, but that last hour and a half to two hours, I want to make sure I'm relaxed and I'll do breathing stuff and I'll and I'll, I want to make sure I'm calm before bed, but I'm also calm and spending quality time with my wife, and it it, and and Caitlin could vouch for this. It has single-handedly 
entirely, completely changed my life as far as my productivity. I'm able to relax at night, and it, and it has helped me recover so that the next morning I can wake up early and I can get shit done and I don't lose my mind. You know, I, I'm not going nuts. I'm not, I'm a high strung guy already and I do have, I have a short fuse and that's one of those things that, you now I had gone six or seven years since college and I, I hadn't smoked it. You know, I, I was a drunk in college and I, and I think a lot of my Lyme was exacerbated by pretty much being an alcoholic and I think that quitting drinking was absolutely the biggest thing for me and then on top of that you know taking that time away from alcohol and going you know three or four years clean from alcohol and then bringing in um using marijuana as like a way for me to relax and calm down and and using it as this anti-inflammatory but also just a type of adaptogen to the daily stress has helped me significantly be able to handle the day-to-day -day, uh, operations that I'm going through. And I think that that, you know, all those things combined added into my toolbox and then plus my supplements, like um, I take a liposomal, liposomal curcumin, I take liposomal vitamin C. Yep. Um, I use a really good multivitamin from Earthfed Muscle. I got, you know, I, I use ZMA, so magnesium in there and zinc in there. Uh, prior to bed and all that stuff really factors in it's funny that you bring up the acupuncture because i sit there and, and my mom had done this for a while and i always wanted to try it and i just never like not that i'm afraid i just never did it i just was like yeah I, I know it works but i've never done it and i'm sitting here like why haven't i done that like that could be something that i could add to my to my defense mechanisms to the disease that could significantly improve my health so yeah i mean um like what you're talking about, I'm familiar with Wim Hof. I've never actually practiced it, but a good friend of mine was big into it. And, um, you know, admittedly, I don't like meditate every day. You know, I'd like to, there's certain parts of, you know, treat, you know, whatever you want to call it, lifestyle that I'd like to improve, you know, myself as well. But, um, yeah, it's like, it's all your, not to sound like totally hippy dippy, but it's like your spirit in a way. You know what I mean? Like, it's not necessarily that, like, acupuncture just your pain vanishes you know what i mean but it's like a release is how i feel you know what i mean and it's like you know I, i'm all you know like you said it's like i'm when i get to a point when i'm dealing with because i deal with like i said a lot of chronic pain and the pain is just too much it, it becomes in your head as well it's like you're so overwhelmed you're like why can't i just get past this you know what i mean da, da, da. and like you're saying with the marijuana it's like you need something like you need that release you know what i mean and that's where I'm way more apt to, you know, I, I'm way more apt to go natural anyway. You know what I mean? I, you know, I go to Western just as, you know, because I have to, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, if it's something you could find naturally to, to do that, then more power to you, you know? And obviously we've seen a huge culture change with uh, medical marijuana and its usages, you know what I mean? Because, you know, then, you know, if, if it wasn't, 2017 you know then you know you, you wouldn't be able to talk about it on a podcast or you know you you know you'd be taking sleeping pills and, and you know opioids and all that and you know we, we've kind of seen where that has led to it you know and that was a huge heroin epidemic you know what I mean so it's like you know I'm glad that you know people are starting to become more accepting of, of a lot of these different things you know what I mean the Lyme community is a super understanding you know like people do create you know like 
not to get too weird on people in this podcast if they don't know, but like coffee enemas, like I'm telling you, people do all kinds of stuff daily to just try and fight this thing, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, anything that can help, you know what I mean? I think medical marijuana has a huge place. I just was at a conference this weekend uh, in Boston and uh, it was just interesting to hear, you know, these elder doctors and things like that being like, hmm, you know, and taking notes on it and being like totally open to it, you know what I mean? Because it used to be, you know, if you said that you used it or, or things like that, it would be like, hmm, abusing cannabis, you know, like it, right, didn't, right. it just it didn't have the same, you know, people don't look at it. And now it's like someone fighting, can, you know, everybody, you know what I mean? It's like, sign me up. Part part of that is because it's a money making thing. But, uh, you know, I don't but know. it's also because people are like, dude, that's that's my whole thing is that I'm sitting here and, and I've I've gone through this, you know, it's it's been on almost three years uh, of me using cannabis and it's one of those things where maybe even longer than that now probably three and a half but it's like i haven't i've hidden it from everybody my my parents sort of know but they really don't know um my siblings know my wife knows obviously she knows yeah she's she sees it <laughs> um but so many people in my life are absolutely clueless that i use it and i think the thing is is like when they see me, you know, when you think of a stoner, you think of some guy who's like, yeah, what's up, bro? He's got dreadlocks and he's just unproductive. And it's such a, a bullshit stereotype. There's so many people that I do know that use it that are highly, highly successful businessmen. And I think that that's the thing. That's why I sit here. And I'm like, why am I continuing to hide this? Like, if people see me as this public figure who works his ass off, I take care of my family, I take care of my kids, and I, and I am constantly trying to improve myself and be progressive in my lifestyle and in my business and in my family life. Like, right. dude, I use it and it's okay. It's, it's not bad, but you know, it's like, it's, it's no different than someone coming home and having a glass of wine. It's the exact same thing. And I think that that, I think I do believe people are starting to see that, that it's not this, the stigma is completely false. Right. Yeah. Um, totally. one thing I did want to ask you just listening to you with the, the joint pain stuff. And I, I, I think we might have talked about this, but I'm not positive. Um, have you ever used or researched low dose naltrexone? Yeah, I've tried it. Yeah, I mean, um, I kind of had an initial response to it, and then it kind of teetered away. Um, but you know, it's it's interesting. You know what I mean? I mean, depending on where you are in treatment, where you are within the bacteria. I mean. It's it's weird because some people will say, you know, and I've kind of had this experience too. You'll you'll take something, and then say you continue treating, you know what I mean? And then like a year or two later, you revisit it, and it's and it's like a different response, you know what right. I mean? So that that might be something, you know, that I revisit. Um, but uh, yeah, I just uh, it, I I've I hear a bunch of. Have you tried it? Yeah, I was on it. I was on it for about three months, and I I I actually got exposed to it from um uh one of my best friends who has Hashimoto's disease and he's like my he and I are like dude this guy knows so much about uh about health and he's the one who sort of exposed me to it from the Lyme perspective and it it did help me a lot and then I I felt this strong improvement from it and I went like three days where I didn't have it with me when I was traveling and I didn't take it yeah. And I 
I felt like those three days, like nothing had changed. And, and I, I, it's weird. It, it actually felt like I had improved. And then when I stopped taking it, I had like maintained where it got me to. So I, I don't know if I went back on it right now, like if it would improve me again or not, I don't know, but it did, it did help me for that time frame. Right. But like, I don't know. I, I think one thing I've noticed um, before we close this off here, because I, I don't want to ramble on too much. And I, nah. I just feel like you and I could have this be like our introductory Lyme episode. And we could have a, like a 10 part series of little little things that we could touch on. But I do yeah. believe um, one thing that has helped me tremendously. And, and this is something that I learned from. My hormone doctor, uh, Dr. Eugene Shippen, who's arguably, he's called the grandfather of testosterone. And wow. he has told me that in his, in his experience, that he's like 75, <clears throat> that everyone that he has diagnosed, if you took 100 guys that, that he's diagnosed with hypogonadism, over 75 of those men with hypogonadism, which is low testosterone, have had have had or have shown symptoms of Lyme disease. And he said that's the biggest thing. He actually spoke at an ILADS conference like two years ago. He said the Lyme the Lyme community, it's almost like they want to use all like, you know, uh, antibiotics and Mepron and all that stuff, which I I believe is effective. But he's he will sit there and he'll say the the underwriting issue is if you could get somebody with Lyme and they have high estrogen because of their Lyme response or they have low testosterone and high estrogen because of their Lyme response or somebody like me who had high estrogen, low testosterone, I had a, a progesterone or a pro, my prolactin was very high and, and he was going on and he was like, look, like you came to me and the only hormone that I had that was normal was my IGF-1, which is growth hormone. And he said, so what do we do? They, you know, we went through this whole series of, of tests and they, we did, it's called a clomiphene test and it's clomid is used to signal your testicle, your testes to produce more testosterone. And, and anyway, he said, he's going, you know, I've had three quarters of my patients that have hypogonadism have symptoms or have been tested positive for Lyme disease. So if we can treat, you know, their testosterone as well. And what ends up happening is if we can get their estrogen in line and then we can treat their testosterone. And I went through Clomid and Clomid did nothing for me. I would use human chorionic gonotropin, which is HCG. It did absolutely nothing for me. I went on testosterone shots for six months and my tests still didn't improve when I was getting freaking goddamn shots. Wow. And But what's funny is that he kept telling me, like, it's going it, to – it has to improve from the shots. It's not – it's not going to not improve. And after about six to eight months is when I started to really start to notice like, wow, I'm, I'm actually starting to feel like a man again. I'm starting to feel healthier. I'm starting to feel more vibrant. And what his thing that he believes that's a, a big issue in the Lyme community is just that we're, we're treating all these issues, but hormones are like the underlying route to being healthy. And and a lot of doctors will say, oh, well, if you treat all this stuff and the inflammation, the hormones will come back in line. But some people like myself who may have been um, undiagnosed for six to ten years, their hormones aren't coming back. Like it's just – it's not going to happen. Like it didn't happen for me for – you know, to use that, that example with my testosterone. It didn't budge. And when I started to use – 
testosterone shots with with the anastrozole that I'm on, and then pair that with herbal remedies and my supplementation and the breathing and and you know yoga and and meditation and exercise and proper nutrition and we look at it from a toolbox but the underlying root is that the testosterone especially in men is key to to your immune system and it's on top of that it's an anti-aging hormone like it's there's there's almost no negative effects from it now growth right. hormone they've they've shown can can decrease life expectancy but testosterone in almost every single study has been shown to increase longevity of of human exist of like of the the existence of somebody so i think that that's one thing that i see that and I think there's such a stigma around it because of like the bodybuilding culture. Like, oh, if you go on testosterone, oh, you're on steroids. It's like, no, dude, I'm getting like, I'm getting therapeutic use testosterone. Like, my test is no higher than probably 90% of my clients that I'm training at the gym. But what it's doing is it's getting me back to that baseline to maintain a healthy, a healthy life and a healthy immune system so that I can function on a higher level. And that's one thing I do believe that needs to be be spoken about a bit more in the Lyme community is using that and checking, you know, estrogen levels and, and testosterone levels in everybody to see if that can be improved upon. And if that could improve, you know, your quality of life, because ultimately that's, that's the goal here is that we can all have a higher quality of life and stop freaking suffering from this terrible disease. Exactly. Exactly. No, that was really well said. And it's funny because we actually connected again uh, recently about that. I was kind of picking your brain because, you know, I, feel like I know a ton, you know, it, it's tough. It, I tell anybody when you get Lyme, it's like you have to almost like get a like street degree in like Western medicine, integrate, you know, Eastern medicine, like everything, you know? So like I've learned so much and I feel like I have, you know, a pretty vast array of knowledge, but then you get into like a certain subset of something and you're like, wait, I don't know about this. So I've kind of dug in on uh, like hormonal stuff too, and I've actually been treating uh, high estrogen as well, like we've talked about, and um, I, de I feel like that's it's helped me. You know what I mean? My test has always been normal or actually pretty high, um, which I'm happy with. But um, you know, it's not just one. You know what I mean? It's like like you were telling me too. It's like works in conjunction and and all that stuff. You know what I mean? So. That's the thing. You got to really look at like the full picture, you know, and it's like, it's, it's tough. You know what I mean? And like for a while there, I was like, you're saying like you have a friend that has uh, autoimmune thing and you know, you learn from him, you know, you learn from a certain specialty doctor, you learn from a, you know, uh, a Lyme literate doctor. It's like, you have to take it all from different angles. You know what I mean? And that's why I said anybody too, is like, you have to learn, you have to kind of immerse yourself in this stuff. It sucks. I get it if you're not, like, if it's not your thing, you know what I mean? You don't want to get into it. But, I mean, just think how healthy we're going to be when we're, like, 50, you know what I mean? We're 60, you know, whatever. Because now it's, like, you know, like, I didn't even know what liposomal meant, you know what I mean, years ago. I remember a friend of mine's father was, like, really into healthcare and all, you know, like, taking his health into his hands. And that was, unfortunately, because he lost his wife to cancer, you know. And he used to, when I'm talking about when I was young, you know. And he would preach, 
vitamin D, magnesium citrate. He's like, you have to get on it, you know what I mean? Because he was just, you know, and he's right, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, you know, you don't absorb enough, you know what I mean? And especially in the Northeast, you know, all that stuff. But it's like, if we could take all, of, you know, these little bits and pieces into, you know, we learn to, you know, like you're saying with the holistic capsulations uh, and stuff, it's like, having bioavailable supplements, eating the right things, being able to do the body work, you know what I mean? I, I'm hopeful, you know what I mean? Like, I think, like, you could beat Lyme and you could get past this time in your life. Like, dude, the sky's the limit, you know what I mean? Like, not to sound cliche, but it's like, you know, it's like anytime I get a cold, it's like, get the ginger root out. Like, you know, it's just like I know what the deal is, you know? Yeah, it's, you know, cause exactly. We've, we've lived far worse. Uh, you know, and I think that that's the best part about Lyme is that not that it's anything's good about it, but it's that it teaches you who you are, teaches you how to be introspective, but it also teaches you how to get your ass in gear and try and solve something yourself because no one's going to solve it for you and no one's going to you know fix your problems for you. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, just looking to the future, I mean, um, you know, I, I feel like like you were saying before, I've been really active up this way as far as in the scientific community and the nonprofit sector. And uh, there's some serious things on the horizon, too, you know what I mean, to be hopeful about. I think, you know, for anybody listening out there that's suffering and things like that, I mean, there's some serious, uh, awesome scientists working on some therapeutics, you know what I mean? They're, they're finally really getting close to getting some better diagnostics, you know, that's, you know, is another huge thing. But I mean, my, my thing is awareness, you know, it's, you know, it, just to be frank with you, I, I don't know why Lyme isn't like, why aren't there PSAs during football games? Why aren't there Lyme, you know, billboards and why aren't there, you know, more, you know, readily available stories of, of people of how they've been affected, you know, and that's something that I'm trying to work on. And, I, you know, in the beginning of this next year, I think there's going to be some things coming together. Like I said, the, the pot is, is really bubbling. I feel like, you know, with a lot, unfortunately, it's just more prominent people getting sick, you know what I mean? And it's a terrible thing to say, but it's like when, you know, like there was a big Lyme law that passed up here in, in Massachusetts that they fought tooth and nail for and actually overrode a governor's veto. And that was to get insurance to pay for antibiotics past 30 days. And the catalyst was, you know, the patients and doctors and people. But the, the thing that started it all was there's a legislator who had a sick kid. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's unfortunate that it has to come to that in, in certain cases. But Lyme has become so widespread that there's enough people that have been affected where, okay, let's, let's freaking do something about this. I mean, the one thing, the last thing that I'll say is people don't realize is there's more cases of Lyme disease than HIV and breast cancer combined, which is nuts. And you look at the federal budget for the amount, and you can look at your state budget. I mean, our state budget, there's literally nothing for awareness. There's nothing pre for prevention in the state budget, zero. On the federal level, uh, and that's Rhode Island, on the federal level, there's $20 million allocated for Lyme disease research and, and, and things like that. When you think about, I mean, it just it's dude it is absolutely nothing it's incredibly frustrating it's less than like it's like food allergies and you know male pattern baldness and like you know somebody was saying that you know and as as terrible as it is with with the whole zika scare like 
the amount, the sheer number of cases of people that were affected by Zika, I get, you know, it was like, you know, um, deformed infants, and I, I get it, it was incredibly terrible, you know. But it was like something like the the budget for Zika was so high that it was like two hundred grand per patient. Where Lyme, there, you know, they say there's three hundred thousand cases a year. That's what the CDC says. But we know in the Lyme community, it's probably really up by a million. Like, not to sound too crazy, but like no, I don't it, fit into that bubble. Is. So many people don't fit into that bubble, and so many people are misdiagnosed, and, and all of that stuff. And if you're if you're paying for a specialty lab, you're not included in that. We're only that's only included in mainstream labs. So I'm talking acute and late stage. There's probably about a million people yearly that are affected easily, and you have 20 million bucks to 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 try and do something about that. You know. So you know the last last thing I'll say is I I actually just came back from Capitol Hill. I was doing some. Uh, not, you know, not, it was like an unofficial lobbying kind of thing, just talking, you know, trying to, you know, move some things forward. And um, there's been some big legislative things that are, are starting to come, you know what I mean? One thing that was like last week was performance indicators. Like, it sounds so silly, you know what I mean? And I won't bore people, but essentially it's like, say you have a disease that says, okay, we have 300,000 people, you know, that are affected, which is what they say for Lyme then we should actively be working towards lowering those numbers, you know, instead of just reporting and saying, oh, this is it, you know what I mean? So finally, you know, they just had some local representatives up this way pass, uh, you know, and I'm talking New York, Connecticut, you know, those states uh, sign on to something to say, hey, listen, we want performance indicators and we want to see what you're you're doing to lower those, you know what I mean? If the testing, you know, and that's the thing, it's like, you know, Ideally, you'd have early onset testing to lessen, you know, certain things and have diagnostics and, and all these things moving forward. But unfortunately, within Lyme, everything's private. It's like private money for research, private money for nonprofit work. Um, you know, just a couple of quick plugs. Uh, the one foundation that really helped me when I was in a really tough time was an awesome foundation called the Limelight Foundation. They help kids 25 and under get treatment grants in order to get access to care up to 10,000 bucks, which was huge for me. That was the only reason I was able to see uh, my second Lyme literate doctor. And, you know, that is all private money, you know, and there's a center that I work with uh, in Boston called the Dean Center for Tick-Borne Illness at Spalding uh, Rehab Hospital. That was funded privately and they're like they have free mental health counseling like all these so like there's pretty amazing tools out there but you know it it just doesn't have the support so it's like anybody out there if you're listening if you have a rich uncle or you know anything if you you know it's severely severely underfunded but um you know point being is like there's there's some serious change in the horizon so i think it's something to be hopeful about absolutely yep all right, Dan, I'm going to close this up. Where can people reach you? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's it. Yeah, so I, I'll be honest. I don't really have, like, a branded uh, – yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could do that for sure. I mean, um, like I said, I've kind of been working behind the scenes um, with a lot of different things, so I haven't – I don't have anything to direct you to. Feel free to – yeah, to, um, like I said, my name is Dan Lennon on Facebook. I'm on Twitter as well. I share a bunch of Lime stuff on there. 
Um, I'm going to try and, you know, be more open and sharing and things like that. But people reach out to me all the time and, uh, you know, I'd be more than, more than, uh, willing to, to, to point anything out. I know I've, I've made, uh, like Sam Thompson, shout out to him. I've connected to him kind of through you. It's funny how you just, yeah, that's weird. Cause he and I, we speak, you know, fairly regularly. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know. The one that's the power of content too. Like uh, I don't know if Gary Vandechuk just quickly. He, he's like somebody I I love to follow online, like entrepreneur guy, and he's talking about don't like focus on like the greatest idea that you want to put out. Just put shit out. You know what I mean. Put out the process and things like that. And that's one thing I'll give you credit for. And I think I don't know. I don't want to speak to you, but I I'm guessing that it's probably really helped your business. Is like just putting yourself out there and being like hey we're working on these lifts or i'm learning this and things like that and uh i think there's serious power to that because people attract to that uh just quickly a uh, friend of mine another girl i actually met through youtube which is nuts uh when i had chronic fatigue syndrome uh has become one of my best friends or whatever because she was just posting hey i'm doing this i'm doing that you know what i mean and i actually went to a movie premiere um over the weekend for like the chronic fatigue uh it was like a sundance film that you know finally their community got like a it's called unrest which is a really badass movie and uh my friend was in the freaking film and she didn't know it and i was just like hey i know her you know what i mean and that's kind of like what i feel like with you i'm like no i got a buddy dane down in pennsylvania he's like a red you know whatever and then i'm like wait we haven't even met man you know what i mean (laughs) but it's like you know i I love following the stuff that you're posting man keep rocking down there it's awesome i know you've been shifting different locations and i see you out there like hustling buying used equipment and just like doing the do man i take my hat off to you you know helping all these young kids you know what i mean get some direction and uh yeah, these other episodes on here have been awesome. So, all right, Dan, thanks for thanks for being on here, and I'm sure my goal would be to have you on like every ten episodes. We should do a little lime episode. Definitely, definitely. Hope it didn't bore anybody too much, but uh, I think, like I said, it's super important, and you know, we've both walked the walk, and there's a lot of people out there. So I'm sure people typing in Lyme disease, you know, definitely come upon this in your community, in my community. So I'm looking forward to it. I'll talk to you soon, Dan. Thanks. Be good. Peace. Later. Peace. (laughs) At this time, we want to give a big thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Dane's Platform. Remember to look out for our next episode and check out our sponsors, Earth-Fed Muscle, The Acceleration Diet, and Holistic Encapsulations. Peace.